Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 147. Today in our episode, we'll be reading about a lot of judgment. God bringing a man to bring judgment on these evil kings who had been doing so much evil to the people and others around them. And then going to Jesus' words in Matthew 7, where he says, Judge not, lest ye be judged. And then later on talks about God actually bringing judgment on people as well. And so our entire episode today, in one sense, is about judgment and judging. And as we look at this, I hope as we read these passages together, you will come to see what judgment is about and what Jesus is also saying when he says, Judge not, lest ye be judged. So let's read these together, and I believe as we do that, we'll come to a greater understanding of judgment in the right and proper ways. We begin today with 2 Kings chapter 9, being in a, beginning at verse 1. Now Elisha the prophet summoned a member of the prophetic guild and told him, Tuck your robes into your belt, take this container of olive oil in your hand, and go to Ramoth Gilead. When you arrive there, look for Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, and take him aside into an inner room. Take the container of olive oil, pour it over his head, and say, This is what the Lord has said. I have designated you as king over Israel. Then open the door and run away quickly. So the young prophet went to Ramoth Gilead. When he arrived, the officers of the army were sitting there. So he said, I have a message for you, O officer. Jehu asked, For which one of us? He replied, For you, O officer. So Jehu got up and went inside. Then the prophet poured the olive oil on his head and said to him, This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. I have designated you as king over the Lord's people. You will destroy the family of your master Ahab. I will get revenge against Jezebel for the shed blood of my servants, the prophets, and for the shed blood of all the Lord's servants. Ahab's entire family will die. I will cut off every last male belonging to Ahab in Israel, including even the weak and incapacitated. I will make Ahab's dynasty like those of Jeroboam son of Nebat and Basha son of Ahijah. Dogs will devour Jezebel on the plot of ground in Jezreel. She will not be buried. Then he opened the door and ran away. When Jehu rejoined his master's servants, they asked him, Is everything all right? Why did this madman visit you? He replied, Ah, it's not important. You know what kind of man he is and the kinds of things he says. But they said, You're lying. Tell us what he said. So he told them what he had said. He also related how he had said, This is what the Lord has said. I have designated you as king over Israel. Each of them quickly took off his cloak and they spread them out at Jehu's feet on the steps. The trumpet was blown, and they shouted, Jehu is king! Then Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram had been in Ramoth-Gilead when the whole Israelite army, with the whole Israelite army, guarding against an invasion by King Hazael of Syria. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds he received from the Syrians when he had fought against King Hazael of Assyria. Jehu told his supporters, If you really want me to be king, then don't let anyone escape from the city to go and warn Jezreel. Jehu then drove his chariot to Jezreel, for Joram was recuperating there. Now King Ahaziah of Judah had come down to visit Joram. 
Now the watchman was standing on the tower in Jezreel and saw Jehu's troops approaching. He said, I see troops. Joram ordered, send a rider out to meet them and have him ask, is everything all right? So the horseman went out to meet him and said, this is what the king says. Is everything all right? Jehu replied, none of your business. Follow me. The watchman reported, the messenger reached them, but hasn't started back. So he sent a second horseman out to them. And he said, this is what the king says. Is everything all right? Jehu replied, none of your business. Follow me. The watchman reported, he reached them, but hasn't started back. The one who drives the lead chariot drives like Jehu, son of Nimshi. He drives recklessly. Joram ordered, hitch up my chariot. When his chariot had been hitched up, King Joram of Israel and King Ahaziah of Judah went out in their respective chariots to meet Jehu. They met up with him in the plot of land that at once belonged to Naboth of Jezreel. When Joram saw Jehu, he asked, Is everything all right, Jehu? He replied, How can everything be all right as long as your mother Jezebel promotes idolatry and pagan practices? Joram turned his chariot around and took off. He said to Ahaziah, It's a trap, Ahaziah. Jehu aimed his bow and shot an arrow right between Joram's shoulders. The arrow went through his heart and he fell to his knees in his chariot. Jehu ordered his officer Bidkar, pick him up and throw him into the part of the field that once belonged to Naboth of Jezreel. Remember, you and I were riding together behind his father Ahab when the Lord pronounced this oracle against him. Know for sure that I saw the shed blood of Naboth and his sons yesterday, says the Lord, and that I will give you what you what you deserve right here in this plot of land, says the Lord. So now pick him up and throw him into this plot of land, just as the Lord's message, as in the Lord's message. When King Ahaziah of Judah saw what happened, he took off up the road to Beth Hagan. Jehu chased him and ordered him and ordered shoot him too. They shot him while he was driving his chariot up the ascent of Gur near Iblim. He fled to Megiddo and died there. His servants took his body back to Jerusalem and buried him in his tomb with his ancestors in the city of David. Ahaziah had become king over Judah in the eleventh year of Joram son of Ahab. Jehu approached Jezreel. When Jezebel heard the news, she put on some eyeliner, fixed up her hair, and leaned out the window. When Jehu came through the gate, she said, Is everything all right, Zimri, murderer of his master? He looked up at the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him. He said, Throw her down. So they threw her down. And when she hit the ground, her blood splattered against the wall and the horses, and Jehu drove his chariot over her. He went inside and had a meal. Then he said, Dispose of the cursed woman's corpse. Bury her, for after all, she was a king's daughter. But when they went to bury her, they found nothing left but her skull, feet and palms of her hands. So they went back and told him. Then he said, It is the fulfillment of the Lord's message that he had spoken through his servant Elijah the Tishbite. In the plot of land at Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's corpse will be like manure on the surface of the ground in the plot of the land of Jezreel. People will not even be able to recognize her. Ahab had 70 sons living in Samaria, so Jehu wrote letters and sent them to Samaria to the leading officials of Jezreel and to the guardians of Ahab's dynasty. This is what the letter said. You have with you the sons of your master, chariots and horses, a fortified city and weapons. So, when this letter arrives, pick the best and the most capable of your master's sons, place him on his father's throne, and defend your master's dynasty. They were absolutely terrified and said, Look, 
Two kings could not stop him. How can we? So the palace supervisor, the city commissioner, the leaders, and the guardians sent this message to Jehu. We are your subjects. Whatever you say, we will do. We will not make anyone king. Do what you consider proper. He wrote them a second letter saying, If you are really on my side and are willing to obey me, take the heads of your master's sons and come to me in Jezreel at this time tomorrow. Now the king had 70 sons, and the prominent men of the city were raising them. When they received the letter, they seized the king's sons and executed all 70 of them. They put their heads in baskets and sent them to him in Jezreel. The messenger came and told Jehu, They have brought the heads of the king's sons. Jehu said, Stack them in two piles at the entrance of the city gate until morning. In the morning he went out and stood there. Then he said to all the people, You are innocent. I conspired against my master and killed him. But who struck down all of these men? Therefore take note that not one of the Lord's words which he pronounced against Ahab's dynasty will fail to materialize. The Lord has done what he announced through his servant Elijah. Then Jehu killed all who were left of Ahab's family in Jezreel, and all his nobles, close friends, and priests. He left no survivors. Jehu then left there and set out for Samaria. While he was traveling through Beth Aked of the shepherds, Jehu encountered the relatives of King Ahaziah of Judah. He asked, Who are you? They replied, We are Ahaziah's relatives. We have come down to see how the king's sons and the queen mother's sons are doing. He said, Capture them alive. So they captured them alive and then executed all 42 of them by the cistern at Beth Aked. He left no survivors. When he left there, he met Jehonadab, son of Rechab, who had been looking for him. Jehu greeted him and asked, Are you as committed to me as I am to you? Jehonadab answered, I am. Jehu replied, If so, give me your hand. So he offered his hand and Jehu pulled him up into the chariot. Jehu said, Come with me and see how zealous I am for the Lord's cause. So he took him along in his chariot. He went to Samaria and killed each of Ahab's remaining family members who were in Samaria until he destroyed them, in keeping with the Lord's message which he announced to Elijah. Jehu assembled all the people and said to them, Ahab worshipped Baal a little. Jehu will worship him with great devotion. So now bring to me all the prophets of Baal as well as all his servants and priests. None of them must be absent, for I am offering a great sacrifice to Baal. Any of them who fails to appear will lose his life. But Jehu was tricking them so he could destroy the servants of Baal. Then Jehu ordered, Make arrangements for a celebration for Baal. So they announced it. Jehu sent invitations throughout Israel, and all the servants of Baal came. Not one of them was absent. They arrived at the temple of Baal and filled it up from end to end. Jehu ordered the one who was in charge of the wardrobe, bring out robes for all the servants of Baal. So he brought out robes for them. Then Jehu and Jehonadab, son of Rechab, went into the temple of Baal. Jehu said to the servants of Baal, Make sure there are no servants of the Lord here with you. There must only be servants of Baal. They went inside to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed 80 men outside. He told them, If any of the men inside gets away, you will pay with your lives. When he had finished offering the burnt sacrifice, Jehu ordered the royal guard and officers, Come in and strike them down. Don't let any escape. So the royal guard and officers struck them down with the sword and left their bodies lying there. Then they entered the inner sanctuary of the Temple of Baal. They hauled out the sacred pillar of the Temple of Baal and burned it. 
They demolished the sacred pillar of Baal and the temple of Baal. It is used as a latrine to this very day. So Jehu eradicated Baal worship from Israel. However, Jehu did not repudiate the sins that Jeroboam son of Nabat had encouraged Israel to commit. The golden calves remained in Bethel and Dan. The Lord said to Jehu, You have done well. You have accomplished my will and carried out my wishes with regard to Ahab's dynasty. Therefore, four generations of your descendants will rule over Israel. But Jehu did not carefully and wholeheartedly obey the law of the Lord God of Israel. He did not repudiate the sins of Jeroboam that he had encouraged Israel to commit. In those days, the Lord began to reduce the size of Israel's territory. Haziel attacked their eastern border. He conquered all the land of Gilead, including the territory of Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh, extending all the way from the Aror in the Arnon Valley through Gilead to Bashan. The rest of the events of Jehu's reign, including all his accomplishments and successes, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Israel. Jehu passed away and was buried in Samaria. His son Jehoaz replaced him as king. Jehu reigned over Israel for 28 years in Samaria. You see all kinds of judgment in those passages. God's judgment on Ahab and his family for the evil that he had done in killing innocent people left, right, and center. And we see that that judgment was brought with ferocity and uh, with a ferociousness and a, and a completeness that uh, does make us uncomfortable, but it does show that God does care about injustice and evil, and he will bring judgment on it. And now we move to Psalm 49. As we hear this psalm, we're reminded of God's judgment as well. Psalm 49. For the music director, a psalm by the Korahites. Listen to all this, all you nations. Pay attention, all you inhabitants of the world. Pay attention, all you people, both rich and poor. I will declare a wise saying. I will share my profound thoughts. I will learn a song that imparts wisdom. I will then sing my insightful song to the accompaniment of a harp. Why should I be afraid in times of trouble, when the sinful deeds of deceptive men threaten to overwhelm me? They trust in their wealth and boast in their great riches. Certainly a man cannot rescue his brother. He cannot pay God an adequate ransom price. The ransom price for human life is too high, and people go to their final destiny so that he might continue to live forever and not experience death. Surely one sees that even wise people die. Fools and spiritually insensitive people all pass away and leave their wealth to others. Their grave becomes their permanent residence, their eternal dwelling place. They name their lands after themselves, but despite their wealth, people do not last. They are like animals that perish. This is the destiny of fools and those who approve of their philosophy. They will travel to Sheol like a sheep, with death as their shepherd. The godly will rule over them when the day of indication dawns. Sheol will consume their bodies, and they will no longer live in impressive houses. But God will rescue my life from the power of Sheol. Certainly he will pull me to safety. Do not be afraid when a man becomes rich and his wealth multiplies, for he will take nothing with him when he dies. His wealth will not follow him down into the grave." He pronounces this blessing on himself while he was alive. May men praise you, for you have done well. But he will join his ancestors. They will never again see the light of day. Wealthy people do not understand. They are like animals that perish. What a devastating warning that you can have all the money in the world, and it means nothing. It cannot stop death from happening, and it cannot stop God's judgment that comes to you as well as part of that asking you what you have done with your life and how you have used the resources that God has given you in your life. 
And then we conclude today with Matthew chapter 7, which begins with Jesus seemingly saying, don't judge at all, although if we look closer, he is saying to not judge hypocritically, but to judge uh, with integrity. And then he gives a bunch of examples of actually people being judged by God who refuse to live in integrity before God and decide that they can live any old way they please and not recognize that God's standard is true and real and we will be judged according to it unless we have the blood of Jesus covering us. So Matthew chapter 7, Jesus continuing his words in the Sermon on the Mount. Do not judge so that you will not be judged, for by the standard you judge, you will be judged, and the measure you use will be the measure you receive. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but fail to see the beam of wood in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, while there is still a beam in your own? You hypocrite, first remove the beam from your own eye, and then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs or throw your pearls before pigs, otherwise they will trample them under their feet and turn around and tear you to pieces. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? In everything, treat others as you would want them to treat you, for this fulfills the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, because the gate is wide and the way is spacious that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Watch out for false prophets who come in, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly are ferocious wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Grapes are not gathered from thorns or figs from thistles, are they? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree is not able to bear bad fruit, and nor a bad tree to bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many powerful deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you lawbreakers. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain fell, the flood came, and the winds beat against the house, but it did not collapse because its foundation had been laid on rock. Everyone who hears the words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds beat against the house, and it collapsed. It was utterly destroyed. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed by his teaching because he taught them like one who had authority, not like their experts of the law. And I hope as we've been reading this that you've noticed along with me that while Jesus tells us not to be hypocritical judges, he does say that God will judge according to what we do. And it just drives me back to realizing again and again how much I need God to work in me by his spirit to change me from the inside out and to remind me of his grace and his love to me proven by Jesus And it's that grace and love that motivates me to live a new life 
and to listen to him and to follow him and trust him rather than to listen, trust, or live for myself. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-